Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Well, it's a good morning. Yes, it is. I just want to again say thanks to Diane. Last week she shared an incredible, basically life story and shared from her heart and was very transparent and open with us. So I encourage you, if you weren't here last week, make sure you go on the website, click on the podcast there and you can listen to that. And so I would encourage you to do that because it's very, very life-changing for sure for some people, for, for all of us in reality. And so again, thank you, Diane, for that. This morning, we're starting a new series and I'm excited about this series, and the series simply is called Gospel Influence, and how many know that somewhere along the line in your life, you've been influenced by something? Yeah, you have, right? We've all had influence in our life, and we make decisions based sometimes on influences that happen in our life, and one of the things that happened to me when I was young was the gospel actually began to come alive to me. And it became a strong influence in my life and decisions that I was making as I was growing up and as an adult, for sure. This morning, I want to share to you, I've got some thoughts to kind of go to this place of the simplicity, really, of the gospel. But there's a bit of a, a getting there in that sense. So I want to share quite a few scriptures and some thoughts, and we'll continue on uh, in this. We've, I don't know how far we'll get this morning, but we'll get into it however the Lord would lead us. I do want to just pray real quick, and then we'll jump into this. Lord, I thank you, God, that you indeed have a plan and a purpose for every one of us that are in this room, and Lord, we know that it's not been fulfilled yet because we're here (laughs) and because we're alive and we're breathing today, and so, Lord, we're asking that you would come, and as Jeff said, that you would come and our hearts would be open Lord, to receive from you this morning, God, that we could identify some things that really solidify some things that maybe we have to look back at and maybe go back and take a second look at in our life. But I thank you, God, this morning that we would have ears to hear what you're speaking to us this morning and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to start off with a story. This just happened this past week. And I'm trying to condense it a bit, but there's a lot to this story, but there's a purpose behind the story as well, so I'm going to be sharing with you. So my wife and I were over at one of the local hardware stores picking up some tile for the church because we're getting ready to do some projects here at the church. And there were several boxes of tile, and so we got to the place, picked out this tile, and I went to start to load it onto the cart, and I realized when I started to pick up the box of tile that it was really heavy. And so I was thinking, when you get older and a little wiser, you tend to go, you know what? I don't need to prove anything, so I need to ask for help. And what causes me to think that more now is when we go through challenges and things, when I had, last October, had back surgery, so I don't make these decisions out of fear, but out of wisdom, (laughs) But I was able to at least slide them off the pallet onto the cart so I didn't really have to take much of the weight. So I got it to there, but when I got up to the counter, I asked, I said, you know, could you mind sending somebody out to help load these into my truck? And, uh, oh, they're, oh, sure, no problem, and they called somebody. So as we were waiting, and then this gentleman walks up, and I knew he was coming to help me. 
I felt a little bad. Because, and this is what I said to him. I said, yeah. When I saw him come out, I thought, I think they were going to send some young 20-some-year-old, but he was a little older, and nothing wrong with that, but I felt bad, and I told him, I said, you're probably looking at me like, why don't you load that yourself? And I told him that, and he goes, oh, no, no, I'm here to help. So he came out and helped load it in my truck, which was great. So we get over here to the church as we're driving over, and I, I told Jane, I said, I'm just praying that the Lord will send somebody. It was late afternoon, so I said, send somebody to help me unload it at the church. And I said, Lord, you know, you know, I could use some, some of that help. That would be awesome. So we get here, and I kind of forgot that. And I get here and pull up and back my truck in back here, put the tailgate down. And as I'm contemplating removing the boxes of tile, this guy walks up. And he said, hey, I'm looking for work. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is honest God truth. Well, I totally forgot about that in that moment, the, the request that I asked the Lord. But certainly that was like, okay, well, in that, I need to fill in some of the story here too because I have a purpose for telling you this. Yes, there was good news in that, that somebody came to help me, and he certainly did unload all of those and happily did it, and he was a strong young man. But he began to tell me all of his woes and everything that was going on in his life. And as we got deeper into the conversation of things, I began to realize that what was being spoken out of his mouth was far from the truth of really what was going on. And so my discerner was working, but I said, Lord, I'm not sure how to deal with this because I know obviously he was there to help me and you sent him there to help me, but there's a lot of other stuff here that just doesn't line up. It doesn't add up for me and I'm, I'm not feeling good about this situation. And so I put my police officer hat on and we went down this path, and it kind of took him off guard, but I found some many discrepancies. So I offered to drive him downtown and to put him on a bus to Portland. I'm leaving out a whole lot of things. So he's like, okay, deal. So we drive down there, we go into the bus station, and I said, can I purchase a, a bus ticket for this gentleman? He wants to go to Portland. And then he pipes up, well, can I, if I decide to change my mind, can I not do that and stuff after she goes, well, no, there's a $20 fee and so forth. So then everything starts changing. And I knew we were going to get there in that regard. So I gave him my card and I said, hey, there's a reason why we connected. And I said, I really, and I started talking to him about the Lord and, and different things. And he seemed certainly at the time open to that. But I told him, call me. I said, call me wherever you end up, call me. Oh, yes, I will. I, this was such a godsend. Thank you so much. He hasn't called me, which I've placed that in the hands of the Lord. But I say all this to say, in the fact that God answered my prayer and brought somebody to help, which was good news to have that, but in that there was a lot of confusion, a lot of manipulation, a lot of things that were external that could have really created other problems. And it made me think about the gospel and the good news and the simplicity of how that comes to us without all kinds of smoke and screen and back doorways and manipulation and deception, all these things that are not part of at all a part of the gospel, of the good news. And I want to take us down this path this morning. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Because the gospel really is and does mean good news. And gospel is, is a word that really simply does describe something that's specific to the gospel. It's not a word that is used for anything else other than the fact that people, I don't know if you ever 
heard people say this. No, that's the gospel truth. Yeah, because they want you to know, hey, this is 100% truth. And I love the fact that people use that word gospel and truth together because it is. And it's the truth and it's the simplicity of that. And so by definition, the gospel is good news. The good news is what I want to talk about this morning. And it really is specific to Christian revelation. And it's something we need to receive and hear from God. And it's the gospel truth. And so that's something that's important for us this morning. Several years ago, when I was going through the Law Enforcement Academy, I was teamed up with two other guys, and we were doing some kind of training episode of something there. And so we were waiting our turn, and so we were having this conversation. And in a quick conversation to find out that the other two guys, one of them was a Muslim, and the other one was a Buddhist. And I'm the Christian, and we're starting this little conversation. And it's interesting. The Muslim was basically Muslim because of his family and all those things. So he didn't have real strong, necessarily, feelings and ties toward that. But he had some sort of connection in the sense of using Allah as his God and so forth. Then I had the Buddhist who was talking about Buddhism and so forth. And then I talked a little bit about what I believe to be truth, the truth of the gospel, the good news. Jesus Christ went to the cross, died for our sins, was buried and rose again. And we have eternal life because of that. And then the, the Buddhist said, well, I actually do believe in most all religions, because I want to make sure that I get one of them right. You know, I thought that was interesting, because I could tell he's still out there searching, even though he has some connection to Buddhism, and probably hadn't found what he was looking for in that. And I was standing there going, man, I feel so confident in the truth of what I know, because of the experiences that in my own life personally have experienced the incredible grace and the mercy and the love of God and the power of God that goes with that, which is amazing. Really, the, the good news is the redemption of sinful humanity. It's through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we experience that. And that's very simple when we can speak about it very directly that the gospel simply is the revelation that comes to us that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He rose again to give us life. Our sins have been forgiven when we accept that and receive that. That is the simple truth of the gospel. Now, there's a lot more definition that goes to that and defining that. I want to jump into a couple of scriptures this morning and then go down this path of talking a little bit more about this. In Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 16, says this, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Everybody say good news this morning. Good news. This is the good news. The power of God at work. Saving everyone. Not just a few. Not just the ones that happen to get lucky or fortunate or whatever people might think. But it's for everyone. Not one person is outside of that corral that God has established. It goes on. It says the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Talked about this morning, life. Everything that's kind of happened this morning really is what was being prayed this morning in our prayer time. All the things were just, we're so targeted about this. And the home, all of these things, because we're going to talk about that as well. So we have this, Good news that comes from the power of God at work in our lives. 
I want to read several verses from 1 Corinthians 15. Paul has some good words here for us, but he, goes, he starts in verse 1. He says, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news. This is the good news we're talking about this morning. Good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it in, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen. Now, these are actual witnesses of this event that we're talking about. He was seen by Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. Now, this is interesting because here we're talking about a man who didn't deserve the good news. He didn't deserve. He was the one out there trying to kill, persecute and kill the Christians. He was out to get them. He had every reason to want to wipe them off the face of the earth. But because of a gracious God, an all-knowing, loving God that said, eh, I think I'm going to step in. In fact, I applaud you for your efforts in the sense of that you're a determined man. But I'm going to change that to have you become determined for my purpose. Yeah. And so that's the goodness of God and what he does. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And it was his goodness that led Paul to that place of experiencing that. So Paul, of all people, is saying, I'm the least who's even worthy. But, he goes, but wherever I am now, it's all because God poured out his special favor on me. Yeah. And not without results. For I have worked harder than any of other apostles, yet it was not I, but God, who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you've already believed, the resurrection of the dead. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we've said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ had not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. Whoa. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, but in fact, because it's been witnessed, this is a fact. Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first of all great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. That's saying yes to the gospel, to the good news. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. This is an opportunity for every person 
to see the simplicity of the gospel of the good news that Jesus Christ died and he rose again. And he took care of our sin and gave us life. That is something we need to come back to, possibly, as believers. Because in order for us to see the fulfillment of Brenda's poem, we're brought into the kingdom to serve. We're not brought in just to observe and to say we can check that box that, yeah, now I, I'm, I get to go to heaven now when I die. There's much more to that. The gospel means something to us. It must mean something to us. Yes. The good news has to mean something to us. Yes. Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 36. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism? And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Those are key things right there, because that's what we've been anointed with, the Holy Spirit and power. When we believe the good news, we believe the gospel, and we bought in 100%. Did you buy in? That'd be my, did you really buy in? Is it really demonstrated in your life today? That you bought in. Power with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all that he did through Judea and in the Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He's the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Wow, this is incredible, powerful information. He ordered us to preach this. If we really, truly have experienced the power and the impact of the good news in our life personally. What are we doing today about that? I have a question. First of all, I'll ask this. What influence should the gospel have on the lives of believers? What influence should the gospel have? And then my question really is, how has the gospel influenced your life? If you think about it, if you think back to that place of you saying yes to the good news, the gospel, how has it influenced your life up to today. Anybody want to take a stab at that? How has the gospel influenced your life? Are you on a different path or are you still kind of wandering, waiting for something? What, how has the gospel influenced your life? We need to be able to think about that. How has it influenced your life? Because I believe the good news shapes and molds us to where our lives reflect the impact that it has on us. Yes. Is the good news shaping and molding you to really reflect that experience in a powerful way that you are so stirred in your spirit to say, I have to share this. I have to let somebody else know about this because it impacted my life so much. Because if you can't today, you can't be here and say that you've been truly impacted by the transformation that comes in your life by what happened at the cross. Then maybe, just maybe, we need to sort of revisit that and say, what do I need to go back and see? Maybe I missed something. I might have missed something there. Maybe I just said the prayer just because 
I said the prayer. Or maybe I just grew up in that, and that's my family, and that's my family history, and so I figured that's kind of what you do, so you do it. Diane talked about last week about coming to that place of saying, you know what? Being honest about questioning, is God real? Is he even really care about what's going on in my life? So many times it doesn't seem like it. And so you have to really discover for yourself. You've got to be able to plant that flag and say 100%. Because we're going to have doubts. As we go in life, we're going to have doubts because challenges are going to hit us in the face, man. Boom. And we're going to go, wow, God, that's not who I thought you were. He's like, well, I'm not finished with you yet. I'm never going to leave you. I'll never forsake you. So we're faced with this. Really, it's the simplicity of the truth of the gospel, and it is 100% good news, but why so often are we living it out as if it's not good news? That somehow we're under this curse or we're under this weight of something that just keeps us in this place of no momentum moving forward of taking what God has done in us, and we believe, man, that is so impacting. I've got to let somebody else know about that. I think there's too many people right now that seems like the culture is shifting in this place of Like the Buddhist I was referring to at the academy where he's like, well, maybe I'll just kind of lump them all in there, all the the religions, and somehow, some way, something will happen that'll be good for me. That's just a lie from from the enemy (laughs) that come to try to tell us there might be another way. When we know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's the simplicity of that, and we often complicate it. We complicate the good news. 1 Corinthians 10, and I want to read this, and I don't believe I have this up on the screen, but this was something the Lord just showed me in a whole fresh new way. 1 Corinthians 10, and verse 16 and 17, and I'm going to read it in the English translation, but this is, this is a portion of scripture that is read a lot when it comes to communion, but I want us to take a, just a little bit different look at it this morning. It says this, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Here's the verse that I want to focus on. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. We all partake of the one bread. It's interesting. Jesus is the bread. He is the one bread, the only bread, the bread of life. Each one of us here this morning, we are all part of one body, although we have different parts of the body that we play, but it's one body. We're all partaking, at least that's the hope of what we're doing. We're all partaking of one body. We're all partaking of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, the good news. That's where all of our focus should be, but we find ourselves sometimes partaking of other things, and it causes things to get a little out of order. And he's trying to bring us back to this place. The cup of blessing comes from his blood. The bread that we break is broken body. And he is the one body that we talk about and we need to focus on and talk about. That right there is what is supposed to unify us as Christians. And why in the church in America or wherever, why is there disunity? We're not partaking of one body. Is that it? Possibly. Or of one bread one body of Christ, or is there other things that are playing into that? There's a growing voice that says there's more than one path to eternal life. I've heard that in the culture. 
oh yeah, there's, there's other ways to get to Christ. I've even heard Christians say, well, you know, I think we need to be open to that. No, that is opening ourselves up to something other than the one bread. <laughs> when we start opening ourselves up to other than the way, the truth, and the life, the simplicity of the good news of the gospel that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, we have to have that so in our foundation. There's this whole diversity and tolerance and all of that stuff that comes in. I think of, Tony, would you do me a favor? Would you come stand with me? I know you're writing notes. He's probably putting notes down because he knows he's going to be preaching too. So Tony's my brother, and we're serving in the body of Christ together. Mm -hmm. The reality is, and you've heard Tony say this, in his life as human beings, each of us have our own experience that our realities of what we see the truth that happened in our lives is different. He grew up in the South, a black man growing up in the South and had the influences that he has stood here and told you of the things that have gone on in his life that is so different than this white boy growing up in the Pacific Northwest. And I have to say, what he's telling me is really truth to what happened in his life. So often we want to argue those things. I'm not saying Tony and I, but I think we get out there in the media and all the things, that stuff that goes on, and we have all this back and forth stuff, and we never come to that place as physical beings to where we're doing life together. But the good thing about what we're talking about today, spiritually, because there's diversity in the sense of as different thoughts and things going on, but in the kingdom, there's not diversity, there's not different truths based on experience. All of our experiences, spiritual experiences, should be we're all pointed back to the cross and the one bread. And we're, we're all birthed out of that. Yes. Man, you got so excited you dropped your pen. We're birthed out of the same thing spiritually. And so we're on, even though we're different, our giftings in the body of Christ differ, but we're all part of one body. Yes. And all comes from the same bread yes. spiritually. Yes. So we shouldn't have the challenges that we're faced with spiritually yes. that we have. There shouldn't be a question of what you believe or what I believe in the sense of, it needs to go back to the simplicity of the gospel yes. and the yes. good news and what happened there for each of us. Yes. That's yes. correct. Yes. And so we're, because of that, we are brothers in Christ yes. and all of us are yes. members of the same body yes. and we should be working together yes. for the sake of the gospel. Yes. There's good news that you've heard yes. that you need to be talking about. And so often we find ourselves, and I'll let you go because you're just standing here going, well, I'm, thank you, Tony. But there's so often that we argue with each other about things or complain that we're not doing something that we think that person should do or whatever. And, and that's what comes to the enemy, tries to come and break that. There's only one gospel that should influence believers. Only one. There's only one bread that we partake of. Only one. There's not diversity in that whatsoever. I'm going to wind up for today and continue next week because I want to bring some good points next week. But we have a partnership with God. He's chosen to partner with us, but he's partnering with us because we have that same DNA. That DNA has been put in us. 
And he wants to partner with, with us in sharing his good news. See, for us, we have to be careful that we're not doing his part. He's partnering us because he wants us to experience the incredible, what happens when we see miracles, signs, wonders, and miracles, and we see healings and all those things. God wants us to experience the joy of that, the experience of that, the experience of relationship. So he could do it all himself without us and not include us, which is fine, but he loves us so much, he wants us to experience that. He wants us to experience his goodness, his love, his grace, his mercy, all those things. So he's chosen to partner with us. Those people we come in contact with. And I will be the first to say, I'm not a a bombastic, outgoing, uh, run up and grab people and just start shaking them down person. That's that's not my personality. But, But God knows my personality. He knows your personality. Some of you are just great at just going up and striking up a conversation and things go great. Others of you are like, I have all, my body trembles if I even open my mouth to somebody. See, God already knows that about you. So he's going to, if you ask him, he will put you in a place where you will be, you might be stretched a little bit, but you're going to be a place where it's going to work for you. Don't try to feel like, I'm not going to do this because I can't do it. The scriptures tell us, go. Wherever you're going, he's sending you somewhere, and he's empowering you with the Holy Spirit to accomplish these things. So just be yourself. But you're going to do that based on the fact that you have 100% bought into the good news, the gospel, the truth. Because if you really truly don't believe that and that it has transformed your life, then maybe we need to revisit that, that moment, that time. Because we need to have that solid sense of going, I know that I know that I know that I know. It's the power of God. It's the power of God that has changed my life. That has caused me to have to share the good news. Let's stand. Lord, I thank you for the influence of your gospel. (laughs) It is a good influence. fact that you saw so fit that you would send your son to come in the flesh to dwell amongst people to live life with people to experience life with people and to recognize the great need that people had of a savior and you became that savior for us Lord, I pray that we can say yes to you as our Lord and Savior. Thank you, God, for the experiences. I pray for anyone here today that has not experienced genuine transformational power of God, that they experience that today. And it's not about anybody making a mistake or missing 
misjudging or do whatever. It's just the opportunity is there today. Because you're a God that is full of grace. A God is full of mercy and incredible amount of love. I pray today, each one of us today, we could even take ourselves back to that place. If we go back to celebrate or we go back to build that altar again. Lord, you speak to each one of us how you see fit this morning. And that when we get up from that place, we would be those that can say, yes, my life has been changed. My life has been impacted in such a way, in such a degree that I cannot help but share the good news with those who are hurting. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's sing the song as we close this morning. Again, the, alt- the, the front is always open to anybody that wants to come pray for any reason. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day, a great week, and look forward to uh, next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 